Well, this is George Truly, Mr. NIA himself, Roderick Carter. I have in the studio, live with me, a very special guest. Who do I have in the studio? State your name and where you're from. <laughs> this is Psalmist Doris Stokes from Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, we have Psalmist Doris Stokes on the line. She's in the studio live with us today. And we're going to jump right in. Um, Sister Stokes, tell us, how did you get started? Oh, my God. How did I get started? Well, I was raised in the church. And I was raised in a, a Christian home. And my parents, <clears throat> they taught us. They, we not only had to go to church, but once we got older, um, you know, we had to participate in church. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. But it really came, it came from my upbringing, to be honest with you. Okay. So, I think my love, and then my love for music, um, even though we were a Christian family, I have... Two brothers, three, three. <laughs> I have three brothers okay. that came out of uh, the funk bands that came out of Dayton, Ohio, and everybody knows that's the that's what they call the land of funk, Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> and I had three brothers that were in groups that came out of that. So even though we were raised, I was raised around all kinds of music. I have a very wide palette for appreciation of music, and we were not. We were not one of those families where we could only listen to gospel music. You know, we were allowed to listen to okay. a wide variety of music. So, my influences are great. Okay. <laughs> They're great and wide. But, yeah, I was raised in, we were raised in church. So, that's kind of where my love kind of stuck. I love gospel music. Okay. I've always loved gospel music. So. so, how old would you say you were when you when you really, really started? When they, you know how you, you know how your parents do. They throw you up there, sing, baby. Right. Um, <laughs> well, do you mean when I started professionally, or no, when I started no. just period? Mm -mm, oh just my started, God, period. I I was probably six or seven years old. Wow. Okay. Um, I had to be. I was very very young because we had, um, like I said, they didn't allow us to uh, just sit in church and be pew children. Okay. We had to be active. So you had to be doing something. Right. And I think the thing is, with our, the church we grew up in, everybody knew that the Stokes children should, could sing. So we all had to be. We were the choir. <laughs> <So> you <had laughs> it was seven of us. So we all had, you know. And <laughs> so we had to sing. And, um, you know, back then it was kind of, you know. You know fun, how kids are. It's like, fools, I'm old enough. I ain't doing this no more. But, you know, <laughs> right. you, it's really the seeds that your your parents are planting in you. And you might resent it at the time, but when you grow up, you start understanding that that's all part of the development of who you become. You just don't right. know it at the time when right. you're a kid. Yeah. So you started at six. At what age would you say you really, really got serious about it? Wow. Probably... I don't know what age, but <laughs> I'm never saying age. But I started singing with a professional choir uh, out of Cincinnati, and they were called David Minor with One Voice. Okay. And um, it was three, the three directors over the choir were friends of mine, and I lived in Dayton, but they were out of Cincinnati, and, and they wanted me to, when they were putting the choir together, they wanted me to be one of the Chiden members. And I didn't really know what to expect. They knew I could sing, and I had been singing most of my life, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you, it was one of the most anointed choirs wow. in the city. And people knew us in this whole region. People, they, our, our ministry 
um, our reputation as a ministry really, you know, it followed us. Okay. And I think that's when I really started um, gaining even more understanding about what was going on with me. Right, um, right. As far as the singing part, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, again, you know, when your parents make you do things, you're doing it because your parents are saying, that's true. You know, you got to do this. But once you start having some, uh, you know, you start developing your own relationship with the Lord, it turns into something else because then you come to a self-realization about what he's trying to do with you. You may not have all the answers, but you know something is going on. Right. That is so true. Yeah. yeah. So that was probably the first time that I sang uh, with any uh, gospel professionally is when I was singing with David Minor with one voice. And then it went from there because David ended up moving to Michigan. And then we had another director took over, a second in charge director, Archie Byers. And David and Archie were very instrumental in influencing me and encouraging me, um, even as an artist. You know, even back mm-hmm. in those days. And we're still very good friends to this day. But they were the ones that would make me lead songs. And, you know, I just love being a soprano. You know what I mean? But right, they right. were the ones always pulling me out and saying, Doris, you're going to sing this song. <laughs> you might as well just get it together. You know, because I was perfectly fine. I would sing background for right. people. And mm-hmm. I felt fine in the background for years. You know, my I don't, I have a servant's heart anyway. I don't mind serving. But, um... You know, I I never really wanted to be out front. Well, let me ask you this then. At what point did you realize um, you wanted to take it to the next level to where you became from uh, Doris Stokes to Psalmist Doris Stokes? (laughs) Well, um, I was singing with, uh, let me see, I sang with uh, Archie Byers in New Vision. And... um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the ministry of Elder Rodney Posey, but I I I ended up... uh, Okay, well, Elder Posey asked me to sing background for him. And uh, when we met, I'm telling you, it was an encounter and a half, but he, you know, he told me. He said, you know, Doris, I love you. You're my daughter, and I love you, but let me tell you something. God said you are being disobedient. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, what did I do? Right, right. And he started... He just started reading Riot Act. He said... You this stand in the background stuff, that is not <laughs> what God called you to do. He told you to come out, <laughs> you know. Amen. <laughs> so it was just really, it, I'm telling you, I was messed up. I was crying and everything. He was just like, you cannot, you can't just stay where it's comfortable for you. you you're used to, you know, somebody call you, doors come see in the background, you're right ready. He said, but God is trying to do something else. Right. And you're, you're, the, you're the hindrance. It's not him. It's you. And, um... Then I started having several other people of, uh, you know, significance that were telling me the same thing that had no idea what he had said. Wow. And, um, Confirmation. It, it just it just started evolving. Okay. You know? But I was very I was very comfortable. I have to admit that I was very comfortable being in the background. Right. And I think less is required of you when you're in the background. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? We all hide in the back. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like at some point, it's like uh, that's it's, it is line for that. It's just like anything else in life when you're progressing. You know what I mean? Right, right. And you can't stay in one grade because then it's it's as if you're retarding yourself. You go from grade to grade to mm-hmm. show progress. That's right. So that's how our life develops as well, and that's how our ministries ought to develop. Well, I can tell you have a lot of wisdom in you, and. Um 
I can, I can hear the teaching, the anointing, the teaching anointing that you have on your life. <laughs> For anybody that's just tuning in, this is uh, yours truly, Mr. NIA himself, Roderick Carter. And we're talking live with psalmist Doris Stokes. We're going to go to one of her songs. This song is called Bless His Holy Name. Uh, psalmist, tell, tell us a little bit about this song. Who wrote this song? Who's involved? And where did it come from? Oh, my God, you asked me too quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write it. I can tell you that. I'll be honest. I did not write this song. Okay, okay. <laughs> but um, this song is, oh, we used to actually sing it on, on my praise team years ago at a church that I belonged to. And we just used to go in on this song. Amen. And it was one of the, I just love the song. You know, it's it's not just because it's up-tempo, but because it's what it's saying. Right. And um, it make I think it just makes you, uh, it, it kind of zeroes you in on just who he is and why we should bless his name. But I love the song. But I'll tell you, when we come back, I'll tell you who it's by. All I right. just, it just slips my mind real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's Bless His Holy Name by Psalmist Doris Stokes Knight. sounds of psalmist doris stokes and she calls that song bless his holy name and before we heard that song we were asking who wrote that song and i think she remembers now who wrote that song yeah it was john croslin yep john croslin amen beautiful song beautiful song thank you thank you now we talked earlier i believe yesterday and i found out a lot about you um you come from a, a wealth of musical talent and and background and you've been around some of the the U.S.'s greatest um, bands back in the day, um, but who were, who would you say are your most biggest influences? Vocally? Vo- both vocally and just style-wise? <laughs> style-wise. Um, let me see. Vocally, I'd have to say Aretha Franklin, which I love. Okay. With my whole heart. Uh, Vanessa Bell Armstrong. Mm, yes. Um, Dorinda Clark Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I mean, there are many. Um, I love, even on the secular side, I love uh, Shaka Khan. I love mm-hmm. Anita Baker. Okay. You know? And that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, I know that I come from a very uh, diverse palette of music. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's anything wrong, personally, with liking other kinds of music. 
As long as it don't uh, To me I, I'm like you I don't mind Plus you need to find out What people are talking about anyway um, yeah, Absolutely But as long as it doesn't Take you Absolutely You know And that's the whole thing You can have an appreciation of What somebody's doing It doesn't mean that you're Going to do what they do Right You know what I'm saying Right um, But You know The vocal ability Of those women You know Patty LaBelle And Gladys Knight You know I mean, it's, they're a match. And to me, today, we don't really have, this generation doesn't really have singers like that, in my no, opinion. No, not anymore. Memorable voices that as soon as you hear two notes, you know who you it know is. You know who it is, right. You know? uh, because everybody sounds alike. You know, everybody's trying to have the same vocal instead of being themselves. Well, I have to give it to Kim. Kim is very unique. She yeah, Kim Burrell. She she's very she, well. Unique. She's she's very unique. That's a good word for her because uh, even though there are a lot of people that are trying to mimic her they and can't all of that, um, she just it. has a. <laughs> it that is just that's just something all her own. It you is. know what I mean? Amen. She she just has a um, she has a style uh, and a gifting and a skill level vocally all her own. And you know, I think everybody has. Whatever way. whatever it is that God gives you Right, it's yours You have to make it yours mm -hmm. You know, It's just that some people Instead of them embracing what God gave them Then they want to go over and sound like somebody else I think it's one thing to have an appreciation For what somebody else does But don't try to be them Right You know, or Good mimic them Just be who God made you to be Amen Well, you've been out there for a while And I want to ask you this question. I always ask all the artists that I interview this question um, because I like to get uh, their opinion and everybody's pretty much the same. But how has Internet radio been a help to you? Wow. Well, you know, my husband, you know, my husband is Bruce Knight and my husband is a part of the gag, which is the gospel announcers guild. Mm -hmm. And even before he and I got together, I knew a lot of people already in the guild. <laughs> so, you know, I think what a this is what I think a lot of independent gospel artists don't realize. Radio can be one of your best friends, mm -hmm. and it should be. And if you're going to form an alliance with anybody, form it with radio. Okay. And what I hear a lot of uh, um, independent artists complaining about is, well, Radio 1 won't play my music or... You know, the mainstream radio won't play my music. But look at how God has flipped that whole script. Right. And how Internet, just the whole boom of Internet radio is just growing and prospering. Mm -hmm. And it's creating a whole nother environment for independent gospel artists. And not just on the gospel side, uh, just period. Right. For uh, uh, independent artists, period. And, <clears throat> you know, for me... I found even when we were releasing my music, that's where I was getting most of my downloads okay. from people that were listening to internet radio. Okay. And um, I think it's it, the the thing is, yes, listen to internet radio. But if you're an audience, if you if you're a part of being an independent artist, then you need to know who they are. Right, and I I have a relationship I'd say with with most of them. You know, most of them know who I am. Okay, and if they don't know me, they know my husband. So it's oh, you Bruce's wife. You know, so that's what, that's, what I, that's, really, hey, that's exactly what I said. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it it really does. Pat, you need to know who they are, and I even noticed like on um, 
Stellar's weekend. Mm-hmm. I never miss uh, the Reach Awards. Okay. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to be there, and why? Because all the significant um, radio people are going to be there. Okay. Whether they're commercial radio or in, internet radio, and that's an uh, that's a prime opportunity to go up and say thank you for playing my music. Right. You know? Right. And introducing yourself to them so they can see you face to face if they don't know you. But, you know, I, I was just raised that way. My mom and grandma always told us, you, you can never say thank you enough. That's true. You know, to people. And and I think the radio people would appreciate, you know, being appreciated. <laughs> they appreciate being appreciated. You know, We, we so. do. I don't look for it, but... Um and that's the it, thing you do. don't have to necessarily look for it because you're just doing what you do yeah, you know you're yeah. doing what you love and that's a great thing but I think we need to always be the one even in the Bible you remember when when Jesus performed the miracles it was only one man that came back to actually say thank that's right. you only one came you know? back and um, you know I just believe that there are more opportunities open to you when you can be kind enough to say thank you and what happens is a lot of them don't think that's important so they won't go to the reach awards and i think they're they're doing a disservice to their own ministry right um by not going even if they don't know you go introduce yourself shake their hand you know give them a hug and say thank you for playing my music you know right right so internet uh, radio basically has been a blessing for me and um i don't even worry about whether I'm played on commercial radio now, it doesn't. You know, it's just not anything I worry about. That, you know, I say, Lord, indies, use me and yeah. allow me to be heard wherever you want me to mm-hmm. be heard. You know, and, so. and for a lot of indies, that has become the mindset. They've, um, yeah. you know, they've forgotten about trying to get on uh, terrestrial radio because it's it's such a political and hard thing to do. Absolutely, and, and I'm not going to play the games that are associated yeah, with that. Yeah, everybody don't have thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, we ain't gonna go there, but. Roderick, be good. <laughs> you know. Be but good now. If you're just tuning in, we're in the studio live with my friend and my sister, Somnus, uh Doris Stokes. And uh, we're going to play this next song. It's called Is Your Love. Who yes. wrote that and how did that come about? Now, I wrote that song. All and right. actually, you know, I, I'm married now, but I raised my son as a as a single parent. And it wasn't easy, but it was it was doable. The Lord blessed me to do it. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I loved it. I loved, I loved being a mother. And um, one morning I got up, and this was during the time that we were working toward uh, doing my live recording. And uh, we were in the early stages. And um, I had got up real early one morning and just had a lot on my mind about what I needed to do to pull this this whole project together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was during the time that my son was actually uh, in his senior year of high school. And I went out on the porch and I had a, cu- a, hot, a cup of hot chocolate. And I was sitting there in my chair and I just started crying because I was, you know, I was very sensitive his, his last year of high school because... That's when you finally realize, oh my God, they're not a baby anymore. It's good. Go to college, you know. So I was, if anybody ever even brought up anything about him that year, I would just start crying. You know, I was just so emotional. So I was thinking about how God really kept my son and I, you know, all the years that I raised him and how good God had been 
you know, toward us. My son never went without anything. I never went without anything. I was able to get up and go to work every day and take care of us and provide for us. Mm-hmm. Um, my son was never, I, he never got in any trouble. Amen. He always got good grades. You know, it was just a, it was just a, a blessing to raise him. He was a good kid. He still is. Amen. And um, my prayer over his life is that I wanted God to um, bless him above and beyond all the odds of what the world says. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you turn on the news and the world says, uh, if you're a single parent, then more than likely your kids are going to end up dead or they'll mm. be selling drugs or, you know. And I rebuked all of that. And I well, you know, they don't know who Jesus is, so, you know. Absolutely not. And I never <laughs> allowed, I never allowed those stigmas to be attached to, to him. And, um, you know, because I knew that the Lord had him in his hand and that guy was watching over him and you know my it's part of my testimony actually my son just graduated from college last may so uh and he's never been in trouble he don't have any children you know (laughs) he's handsome so you know i feel like i really did do my job i really do feel like i was able to accomplish that that's all and so so that's where that song it really came from how awesome, it, I, I just reflected on how awesome God was to bring me through that period of being able to raise my son, even by myself. And, of course, having the, the uh, sustaining um, support of uh, my outside family, okay. you know, right. your extended family. But, you know, I did the bulk of the work. And um, I was just thinking about, you know, just the love of God that got us through that, you know, got us through that period. So that song is totally about him and totally for him. So that's where it came from. Amen. This is the song Is Your Love by Psalmist Doris Stokes. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about her books that she has out for release. Is Your Love by Psalmist Doris Stokes. This song talks about the awesome love of the Lord. Is your love? Awesome is your love. Awesome is your love. Awesome is your love. Taught me. Torn me, 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 torn me
If you're just tuning in, that's the song Is Your Love by Somnus Doris Stokes. And she's here with us live in the studio. Uh, Miss Stokes, we want to talk about these books that you that you have. I, I yeah, we've talked about them a little bit, and I'm telling you, I believe these books are what definitely the youth that are coming up in music ministry need. And even those who are in the music ministry, been in it for a while, there's yeah. there's too many people that's just slipping and sliding too much to me. They crossing that fence, you know. You got one shoe uh, in the world and one shoe in the church. We need uh-huh. to uh, get that right. So, yeah. so you have two books. Tell us about uh, the first book. Um, well, the first book is called Praise. Mm-hmm. The second book is called Worship, but they're both called The Foundation for Servants of the Worship Arts Ministry. Okay. And uh, what happened is I write a column called Black Pearls, and uh, I also do workshops for churches uh, for their worship arts ministries. They would call me in, and I would do in-person worship arts workshops. And the books are actually my worship arts workshop in book format. Okay. And what happened was when the Lord first told me that he wanted me to put these in um, the form of a book, I was just going to do that, put it in the form of a book. But he was very specific in that he wanted me to write these separately. And it's because there are a lot of people, even people that show up and they're serving faithfully every week at church, they don't realize that praise and worship are two different ministries. Right. And they actually serve two different purposes. Okay. And so he wanted them to be distinguished from each other. And he also wanted them to be easy read books, meaning uh, not a big, thick book, because some people that are not readers, see, I love books, so a a big book doesn't intimidate me. (laughs) But some people are intimidated by the size of a book. Right. And so I think he also had that in mind. He wanted it to be... Where if somebody saw it, they say, "Oh, I can read that," you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if you if you write this big old book and it's way over people's heads, is it really serving the purpose it's supposed to? Right. So I tried to make it as simplistic as I could, kind of written from the perspective that you might not know anything, right? You know, right? Um, about the ministry of praise or about the ministry of worship, but everything that's in both of these books is information that. If you're serving or if you have a desire to serve, you should know this. Right. And to me, it should be required that you know this in order to serve. You know, there are some people that just, they may naturally have a gift to sing or to play or whatever. But if you start asking them about anything biblical concerning what they're doing, they mm. don't have a clue. Mm. Now, listen, people, all of you who are listening, if you have a minister of music, at uh, minister of music at your church or if you are the minister of music I don't care how much you know I don't care how long you've been doing it I don't care how much they know I don't care how much long they've been doing it sometimes in life we have to take a step back and review what we know that's it and I'm encouraging and I'm, I'm challenging anybody at any church any minister of music you need to get these books and develop a, a teaching or teach them to your church, teach them to your choir. And you need to know them yourselves because what we are seeing today in mm-hmm. churches is not godly. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even going to go into, you know, pointing fingers or calling things out. But what we're seeing today is not godly. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. we're bringing the world into the church versus um you know taking the church to the world and what yeah. i mean by that is we got people coming in the church they look like superstars they look like hip-hop superstars Ooh, Jesus. it's the truth now how see, one of one of the things though mm-hmm. um roderick is that you know what I, one of the things I'm trying to accomplish through both of these publications is to get the focus back where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I see, I mean, as much as my husband and I travel, I see all kind of stuff going on, you know, in churches, and it's supposed to be praise and worship or whatever. Mm. And it's just a mess. It's a know? mess. And, and for it to be allowed to go on is even more appalling, you know. Yes, to me. It it's is. like, really? Yes, you know? it is. And if people, I go back to the, I, I take you through the history of where all of this actually started and where it came from, especially in the worship book, because people need to understand why our music is so perverted today mm-hmm. and why it's such a challenge to fight through that. You know, that's a stronghold over the church, you know, to have... Uh, you know, just this free-for-all kind of spirit going on mm-hmm. where everything goes. Everything should not go. Oh, no. God has standards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. The other thing is to help people understand that instead of treating the choir or the music ministry or the worship arts ministry at large as if it's uh, the trash can ministry, because, you know, when people join a church, the, it, a lot of people don't know what they want to do when they first come into a church. Right. And the first thing that a lot of people say is, well, why don't you get in the choir? Mm. No. <laughs> well, what if they're not called to be? You know what I'm saying? Amen. These, these are all different areas of service, but they're different callings. And right. especially a worship leader. Everybody is not a worship leader. No, they're not. Everybody I, is not an exhorter. No, they're not. No more than everybody can be the pastor of the church. Everybody's not an apostle and everybody's not a prophet. Right. These are calling. And we need to stop treating them so common. Like, just pick somebody and get them up there so we can do it. Hmm. You know, it now, is really dangerous it's very for us dangerous. to treat this, mi- this ministry this way. The, uh, the music and arts ministry is, is so close to the pastoral ministry, it ain't funny. Very, very. The children of Israel will send, but when they went into battle, the praise yes. and worshipers went out first. Absolutely. You know, and I talk about that in my book. They go out you first, know, this, so this it, is very it, important. So that, what does that mean? That means that they were the first, if something was going to happen, they were going to be the first ones to go out. Right. They were going to be the first ones taken out. And it also shows that uh, apparently this was very important to God back in those days. Absolutely. And so it's important to Him today. And yes. um, where can we get these books? I know someone listening right now and they got their pen and their paper out. <laughs> if you don't, please pick up your pen and your paper. Where can we get these books? They can get them on Amazon.com and um, both of them will be available. You can also go on my author's website and I'll give the address, but it'll be easier to just go to my, my uh, Facebook family page. Um, it's called the New Psalmist Doorstep Family Page because I don't like the word fan because I'm not into having fans. Okay. Um, I know people say that, but I'm, you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. just not into it. But um, I want you to join the family. And then the first link on there, the first thing you see when you get in is the link to my author's website. So you can also order them from my author's website. Um, but my author's website is www.bpe.com. 
Word Publishing, spelled all the way out, dot Wix dot com slash Kingdom Books. So I know that's kind of long, but if you go on my family page, the link is right there. And if you click on it, it'll take you straight to my author's website. Amen. And if you're listening to this broadcast, this interview right now, if you go to our homepage and click on her image, you're going to go straight to it right <laughs> now. All right. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> Now see, you don't get no easier than that. You can't get any easier than that. You don't get any that. easier than that. But that is exactly where you can get it. And um, I just really want this to be a blessing and hopefully a fresh perspective uh, for the church. And like I said, there are some people that are really deep. I wasn't really trying to be ultra deep. Right. Because I feel like if it's not really helping people, what's the point? Right. So, you know, my thing is, even for the beginner beginning learner they should not feel intimidated by what they're reading they should be able to comprehend and absorb what they're reading right and be able to embrace it and say oh okay now i understand it's no shame in not knowing it's more shameful for you to act like you know and you don't right so if this is i even have a a a quiz in here you know when i do my in-person workshops uh, which I'm still available for. So if any of your your listeners want to call me, hit me up. We're gonna get to that. And yeah, I would <laughs> I would love to come. But one of the things I put in both of the books, when I do in person workshops, two things I do. I always ask them what do they think praise and worship is before okay. I even start teaching. Another thing is I give like a pre quiz. And the reason I do it is not to make anybody feel like they're dumb or, or less than or anything, but it's to See if they just know basic information that if you're serving in the worship arts in any capacity, dance ministry, banner mime, uh, choir, praise team, worship leader, musician, whatever, you should know this. But it's so you many. It's so many. You, you should yeah, know this. A lot of people don't, though. Absolutely. And they don't. And these, they're just singing. They're just they're singing. Just, put yeah. your robe on, get up there and sing. You know, and we have got to, we're living in the end times. We can no longer, it's not acceptable anymore for us to just remain ignorant. That's true. We can't. How are we going to be effective for the kingdom if we're not armed? And the Bible says to study to show yourself approved. Mm -hmm. He wants to use as many people that want to be used. But how can we be used if we don't have the information that we need? That's right. That is so right. Everybody wants wisdom. to be a, We need wisdom and we need God's guidance. Absolutely. And we have to be operating in wisdom. Yeah. And people trying to be superstars. Um, and it's not even about that. No. We need the focus back where it should be. And we need to understand that when you're talking about worship leaders and, and people that are going to be over this is not anything to play with. I'm probably going to do a book just on the worship leader as part of the series. Okay. But that is not, that is really not something to play with. You don't just pick somebody and say, get up there and be the worship leader. And I see far too much of that happening in a lot of churches because they want to do what they see other churches doing. And while I, I can admire the fact that you might want that ministry in your church, you need to be prepared to have that ministry in your church. Right. You know what I'm saying? Amen. For it to go forth and with anointing and with power. So the, the books are trying to equip those, even if you already serve, have been serving for years, and you think, can't nobody tell you nothing. 
These are really books. <laughs> these are really <laughs> to help you understand more about each individual ministry, so that you know that praise and worship are not synonymous. They are not. They're not. And and this and this vital information. I mean, you can't go uh, and work on somebody's brain without. Um, Thank you. Knowing and understanding the background of what's all involved. And I think That's it's the right. same with church, even in, in ministry. Don't just jump out there. You need to do some studying. You need to get up it's under somebody truth. and, and you need to know what you're getting into. So right. because there's a fight that comes with that now, you know, and it's a fight. It, it, you're affecting people's lives. Right. And it's a serious you know matter. I mean? This is this is not anything to play with you know it's it's funny how the the world just as you said you know i can't apply for a position to be an engineer and that's not what i went to college for right i won't even get in to get an interview no you will not you know what i'm saying they're going to be certain questions they ask me to let me to let them know she doesn't have a clue as to what she's talking about right so you won't even get you won't even get an interview and i feel like if the world has that much sense what is going on with the church mm. that we're just allowing so much to be going forth and some of it a lot of it is just foolishness it is not god's not getting any glory out of it and we need to make sure that when we're operating we're operating in the gift that god wants us to operate in so he can get the glory out of our lives not what we want to do i've done workshops uh roderick where people have come up and said thank you for coming sister doris because uh, now I know I'm not supposed to be on the dance ministry, mm, and to wow. me, that's the, to me that's good because it's still good information because at least you it was something that you learned to let you know I'm not, this is not even what God wants me to be doing. Right. So wouldn't you rather spend your time doing or finding out what it is that God wants oh, you to do? Oh yes. Then to just be over here serving because you you know the deacons or somebody put you, know, you up the there. church mothers told you to get over there and do that. Mm -hmm. I totally we need agree. to be operating where God can get the glory because I'm telling you, we are living in the in the last dispensation of time, and we need to be serious mm -hmm. about being able to glorify God. I talk about that more in the worship book uh, toward the end. I talk one of the chapters is talking about this battle that's been going on, you know, for eons between God and Satan. What this is all about, mm. and we're just kind of in the middle of it. But we are a part of we're a part of the equation. But this thing is really between God and Satan. It really is. Yeah, we are in the middle, and we're just kind of in the middle. We're the prize. And there is a side to take. Mm -hmm. So whose side are you going to take? Because see, the the devil is getting so bold now. You know, it used to be that he would just, you know, he would just operate in the background, and you would know it was him. But no, he's in the forefront now. On the pulpit every Sunday morning, teaching the word. Oh my God. <laughs> See, I wasn't even trying to go. No, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. <laughs> we're in the studio live with some Miss Doris Stokes, and oh. uh, we're talking about her two books. Doris, give us the name of the books, and uh, it, these books will be available on Amazon.com. What's yep, the name of the create, books? My Create Space uh, e-store, either one, but the links will, are already on my uh, family page. Um, the first book is called Praise. The Foundation for Servants of the Worship Arts Ministry. And the second book is called Worship the Foundation for Servants of the Worship Arts Ministry. So if you serve in any capacity, if you're the choir director, if you're in the choir, 
If you're on the praise team, if you're a worship leader, if you're on the dance band or a mind ministry, you need to have both of these books. Amen. Both of them. Yes, we all do. Now, do you have any shout outs? <laughs> People you want? Do you have any shout outs? Yeah, I do shout outs, oh, here, you know. That's funny. Well,. <laughs> Shout just out to just my people husband, that Bruce you want to acknowledge. See, that's, there you go. There you go. Bruce Knight, he puts up with me probably more than anybody. I mean, because I live with him. So, Amen. <laughs> um, and he's my best friend. That's and uh, he's my manager. So I probably have my closest relationship with him. Of course, shout out to my mom, Bernice Stokes, in Dayton, Ohio. And my son, whom I love with all my heart, Nuri Elijah Marcella Stokes. Uh, which I am so proud of. And I just want to thank all of my uh, family page members on, on uh, Facebook. We've, we're over 800. That's not a lot of to a lot of people, especially if you got hundreds of trillions of people on your page. But I don't care if it's 200. I appreciate all right. of them that, that are there and that keep in contact with me and want to know what I'm doing and, and what's going on in the ministry. So I want to give a shout out to all my family members on Facebook and all my followers on Twitter. Amen. Now we're going to we're going to let people know how to contact you. If they want to contact you to come do a workshop, uh, book tour, maybe come to uh, uh, minister in some. How can people contact uh, you? Well, the in-person book tour launches in Dayton, Ohio at the Dayton Book Expo on Saturday, April 27th. So if you do want the book tour to come to your church, we would love to come. You need to contact my husband, Bruce Knight, and you can reach him through telephone um, at 313 area code 207-5786. That's 313 207-5786 Also, you can reach me As I say, stated previously On Facebook Through the new Psalmist Doorstep family page If you click the like button Join the family And almost everything that's going on Concerning my ministry My husband keeps that page pretty much updated um, Every day You can also email me at B like boy P like Paul E like egg The number one voicemusic at gmail.com if you want to email me and I'm on Twitter at the psalmist D-A and that's D little a psalmist capital P S-A-L-M-I-S-T the psalmist on Twitter so I need you to follow me and become one of my tweeple so just connect with me if you want me to come and do an in-person workshop I do I still do those even though I wrote the book I still do in-person workshops. If, it's, if you want it for your praise team, your choir, your whole music department, it doesn't matter. Even for your whole church. I've done them for whole churches where the pastor said, I, everybody in here needs to know. So it was <laughs> not, true. it That's was true. not, That's yeah, true. they do because people don't understand that. They think when you say worshiper, you're only speaking of music department. Mm. A worshiper don't even have to be in the music department That's at all. It. That's they can all of pure. us. That's all of us. That's all of us. Every last one of us. That's speaking to the spirit. Mm -hmm. So being a worshiper is really not what you're doing. We're not talking about how you're operating. We're talking about your relationship with the Lord. So um, for those pastors that do open up work, the workshops to their whole churches, I love that. And I, I appreciate it because they understand this is something all of you need to know. This is information all of you need to embrace. So hit me up and let me know. I'd love to come. I would love to come. Well, we're going to go out on the song titled Blow Me Away. But before we go, 
Um, do you have any advice to up and coming gospel artists? Up and coming gospel artists. The only thing I would say is make sure that you're called to do what you're doing. Because this is not a joke out here. We are really, what we're doing is affecting people's lives. And you can affect them, good or bad. So make sure that you are called to your area of service. And also, don't make it about you. Mm. Make sure that you understand why you're called to do what you're doing. Amen. And if it's about if it's if it's about you, you need to rethink it. Mm. You, need to re- you really need to rethink about what you're doing, or is it just that I really want to be maybe an R and B singer? And if that's what you want to be, that's cool. Yeah. But don't don't do it in the name of ministry, and that's not because your motives will find you out. Mm. So that's a hard fall too, isn't it? <laughs> you can't exalt yourself. And you need to be connected to somebody that you can be accountable to. You need to be under somebody's ministry. You should not be rogue out here just calling yourself a ministry and you're not accountable to anybody. Mm. That's a dangerous place to be as well. And a lot of people end up getting hurt by rogue ministries. Right. That's so true. You need to be accountable to somebody. Amen. So, you know, my thing is don't make it about you or you feel like because I can do some riffs and runs, I'm ready for ministry. You need to know something. And you're also going to have to, unfortunately, I got to tell you the truth, though. You're going to go through something. Oh, yeah. That you can't, you know, when you, if you're called into the ministry, you're going through something. You have to have a testimony to be able to affect people because people got to be able to see that you can come out. So, so true. Words of wisdom. You have to be, people have to see that. Mm-hmm. They have to see that, okay, even though they went through A, B, C, and D, they're still here in one piece. Right. So if you haven't been through anything, how can you really affect somebody? All right, Spiritually, preacher, preacher how lady. can you be effective? <laughs> you better What'd tell you it. Say? All right, preacher lady, you better tell it. Well, I mean, it, I it really is true. We have to. And I, I mean, I, that's a whole nother program for me to go through my I testimony. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I ain't even going there. I see. But I'm just saying we have to be able. You have to go through. You have hey, to. Amen. Well, we thank you for um, stopping by the studio and and um, sharing your life and what God is doing for you and and how um, God is using you to be a blessing to other people. We're going to go out on the song Blow Me Away. Who wrote this song? I wrote Blow Me Away and um, with my producer, Michael Mendengal. Shout out to Detroit. I'm sorry. I forgot about them. Amen. Uh, Michael Mendengal produced music and I did the lyrics. And uh, this is very different for me because most people know me as a worship leader and a psalmist. So this is very contemporary. It's very funky. But the message, it, it doesn't change. Right. Just because the music changes. As long as the, if, if the message is Jesus, that's what's important. Amen. The message has to be about him. So yeah, me and Michael Mendegar did this one. So I hope you all are blessed by it. It is available on iTunes and CD Baby and really all of the online music outlets. So go and download Blow Me Away. Amen. Here's Blow Me Away by Psalmist Doris Stokes.
Blow! 